Chapter 15 Joy in Life's Hard Times That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 7. Scripture At evening time it shall be light. Zechariah 14 7. I will not discuss the particular occasion upon which these words were uttered, nor will I try to discuss the time to which they more especially refer. Instead, I will take the sentence as a rule of the kingdom, as one of the great laws of God's dispensation of grace, that at evening time it shall be light. Whenever philosophers want to establish a general law, they think it's necessary to collect a considerable number of individual instances. Then they put them together and infer from them a general rule. Happily, this does not need to be done with regard to God. When we look abroad in providence, we have no need to collect a large number of incidents and then infer from them the truth, for since God is immutable, one act of His grace is enough to teach us the rule of His conduct. I find in one place that it's recorded that on a certain occasion, during a certain adverse condition of a nation, God promised that at evening time it should be light. If I found that in any human writing, I would suppose that the thing might have occurred once, that a blessing was conferred in an emergency on a certain occasion, but I could not deduce a rule from it. However, when I find it written in the book of God that on a certain occasion when it was evening time with His people God was pleased to give them light, I feel myself more than justified in deducing from it the rule that there will always be light to His people at evening time. The church at large has had many evening times. If I could come up with a metaphor to describe her history from anything in this lower world, I would describe her as being like the sea. At times the abundance of grace has been gloriously manifest. Wave upon wave has triumphantly rolled in upon the land, covering the mire of sin and claiming the earth for the Lord of hosts. So rapid has been its progress that its course could hardly be obstructed by the rocks of sin and vice. Complete conquest seemed to be foretold by the continual spread of the truth. The happy church thought that the day of her ultimate triumph had certainly arrived. So potent was her word by her ministers, and so glorious was the Lord in the midst of her armies, that nothing could stand against her. She was fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. Song of Solomon 6.10. Heresies and schisms were swept away, and false gods and idols lost their thrones. Jehovah Omnipotent was in the midst of His church, and He rode forth upon the white horse, conquering and to conquer. Before long, however, you find that there always came an ebb tide. Again the stream of grace seemed to recede, and the poor church was driven back either by persecution or by internal decay. Instead of gaining upon man's corruption, it seemed as if man's corruption gained on the church. Where there had once been righteousness like the waves of the sea, there was the black mud and mire of the filthiness of mankind. The church had to sing mournful tunes when she sat down and wept by the rivers of Babylon, 
remembering her former glories and weeping her present desolation. Psalm 137, 1. So it has always been, progressing, reversing, standing still a while, and then progressing once more and falling back again. The whole history of the church has been a history of onward marches and then of quick retreats. It is a history that, I believe, is, on the whole, a history of advance and growth, but which, read chapter by chapter, is a mixture of success and repulse, conquest and discouragement. And so I think it will be, even to the end. We will have our sunrise, our meridian noon, and then the setting in the west. We will have our sweet dawnings of better days, our reformations, our Martin Luthers, and our John Calvins. We will have our bright full noontide when the gospel is fully preached and the power of God is known, and we will have our sunset of ecclesiastical weakness and decay. But just as sure as the evening tide seems to be drawing over the church, at evening time it shall be light. We can expect to see darker evening times than have ever been seen before. Let us not think that our civilization will be more enduring than any other that has gone before it, unless the Lord will preserve it. It may be that the thought that has often been laughed at as foolishness will be realized, that one day people would sit upon the broken arches of London Bridge and marvel at the civilization that has departed just as people walk over the mounds of Nimrod and marvel at cities buried there. It is just possible that all the civilization of this country may die out in darkest night. It may be that God will repeat again the great story that has been so often told, I looked, and lo, in the vision I saw a great and terrible beast, and it ruled the nations, but lo, it passed away, and was not. Daniel 7, 2 to 9, Psalm 37, 36. If ever such things should be, if the world would ever have to return to barbarism and darkness, if instead of a constant progress to the brightest day that we sometimes hope for, all our hopes would be dashed, let us rest quite satisfied that at evening time there shall be light, that the end of the world's history will be an end of glory. However red with blood, and however dark with sin the world may yet be, it will one day be as pure and perfect as when it was created. The day will come when this poor planet will find itself disrobed of those swaddling bands of darkness that have kept her brightness from breaking forth. God will yet cause His name to be known from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. Psalm 113, 3 and the shout of jubilee, loud as mighty thunders roar, or the fullness of the sea when it breaks upon the shore, shall yet be heard the wide world o'er. At evening time it shall be light. We know that in nature the very same law that rules the atom also governs the starry celestial bodies. The very law that moulds a tear and bids its trickle from its source. That law preserves the earth a sphere, and guides the planets in their course. It is the same way with the laws of grace. At evening time it shall be light to the church. At evening time it shall be light to every individual. 
Christian, let us descend to lowly things. You have had your bright days in earthly matters. You have sometimes been greatly blessed. You can remember the day when the calf was in the stall, when the olive tree yielded its fruit, and when the fig tree did not deny its harvest. Compare Habakkuk 3.17. You can remember the years when the barn was almost bursting with corn, and when the vat overflowed with oil. You remember when the stream of your life was deep, and your ship floated softly on without one disturbing billow of trouble to bother it. You said, In those days, I will see no sorrow. God has hedged me all around. He has preserved me. He has kept me. I am the favored of His providence. I know that all things work together for my good, for I can see that it is plainly so. Well, Christian, you have had a sunset after that. The sun that shined so brightly began to cast its rays in a more indirect manner every moment until at last the shadows were long. The sun was setting and the clouds began to gather. Although the light of God's countenance tinged those clouds with glory, yet it was growing dark. Then troubles descended upon you. Your family became sick. Your spouse died. Your crops were poor. Your daily income was diminished. Your cupboard was no longer full. You were wondering when your daily bread would come. You did not know what would become of you. You were brought very low. The bottom of your vessel scraped upon the rocks. There was not enough bounty to float your ship above the rocks of poverty. You used both hard work and thrift, and you added perseverance, but it seemed all in vain. It was in vain that you rose up early and sat up late and ate the bread of carefulness. Psalm 127, 2. You could do nothing to deliver yourself, for all attempts failed. You were ready to die in despair. You thought that the night of your life had gathered with eternal darkness. You did not desire to always live, but would rather have departed from this valley of tears. Psalm 84, 6. Was it not light with you at evening time? The time of your trouble was just the moment of God's opportunity. When the tide had run out to its very furthest, then it began to turn. Your ebb had its flow. Your winter had its summer. Your sunset had its sunrise. At evening time it was light. All of a sudden, by some strange work of God, as you thought of it then, you were completely delivered. He brought out your righteousness like the light and your glory as the noonday. Psalm 37, 6. The Lord appeared unto you as in the days of old. Jeremiah 31, 3. He stretched out His hand from above. Psalm 144, 7. He drew you out of deep waters. Psalm 18, 16. He set you upon a rock and established your goings. Psalm 40, 2.